0: Welcome to SF Site Audio. In this review, we'll be listening to The Tramp by L. Ron Hubbard, a multicast performance produced by Galaxy Audio, about two hours in length. Once again, we get the treat of some superb audiobook production from another story from the golden age from Galaxy Audio. Galaxy Audio and Galaxy Press have been releasing the many short stories and novellas by L. Ron Hubbard into their own pulps and audio pulps. These were originally published in the pulp fiction magazines of the mid-20th century. I call them audio pulps because all the audiobook releases are about two hours in length and contain one or more stories within the many genres Hubbard composed his fictions during that time. Another thing that makes the moniker stick is the production. The sound effects, music, and voice acting all meld to create a unique sound that hasn't been heard since the early radio programs from that same era. Hubbard's characters and stories are all over the top and larger than life. That's what makes these stories so fun. And the actors voicing the characters, they act with that in mind. The music produced is perfect for each story, and the sound effects are subtle, believable, and unique. This story originally was told in three parts in Astounding Science Fiction, September, October, and November of 1938 and is the only story in this release. The sheriff had a gun in his hand. Doe Face took a sweeping look at the town he had uncovered.
1: An old gent waited at the crossing in a Model T Ford. A sign said, Centerville, population 2,000. It was better than nothing. Doe Face leaped for the other side and started down. He would have been safe enough if his loose shoe sole had not jammed in the first rung, but jam it did, and on that fact was to hang a national event. He was still in sight on top, and he yanked at the caught shoe. He heard a grunt and looked wildly about to see that the sheriff had made it. Stop! Balled the sheriff. Doeface almost had his shoe free. He gave one last yank, and to the sheriff it appeared that the quarry was about to flee. He fired an intimidating shot, but the effect was more brutal. The bullet took Doeface in the shoulder. It slammed him out into space. His shoe held for an instant, long enough to turn him upside down. He went through space like a bomb. He
0: saw the switch he would hit and tried to fend for his head, and then the lights went out. The Tramp begins with a police chase as a small town, USA sheriff, after getting a heads up on gang activity among vagrants riding train cars through the Midwest, finds doe-faced Jack hitching the rails. As Jack tries to run away, the eager sheriff shoots and hits Jack in the head. The town's doctor happens to be nearby and immediately takes Jack back to his office. There the doctor discovers the bullet aimed for Jack has destroyed the top of his skull. Being a small town doc and only able to work with what is on hand, he manages to fix Jack up. Now the surgery is a bit bizarre in that the doc has to sew the two halves of Jack's brain together and then replace the skull with a silver bowl. When Doeface Jack recovers a couple of days later, he wakes to find himself in the small room that is what substitutes for a hospital in this small town. In one bed, a patient is dying of cancer. And in another, a woman is recovering after losing her eye and receiving multiple injuries after being in a car crash the night before. The nurse comes in and Jack cures her of a mole on her
1: chin. Doeface blinked. He suspected this wasn't Earth after all. If it wasn't for that mole, this girl would look just like... Huh. He gaped at her in astonishment.
2: What's the matter? That, uh, you had a mole on your chin, and it ain't there no more.
1: Her hand flew to the spot. She stepped to a mirror at the head of the bed and stared at herself.
2: What? What? That's so... It's gone.
1: Through it all, the man on one side had not moved, and neither had the girl practically hidden in bandages. Doughface did not long concentrate on the vanishing mole.
2: What, what burg is this? Centerville,
1: said Miss Finch in a preoccupied fashion, hand to chin. Th- then this is all the hospital there is, huh? Yes. What's the matter with these ginks? said Doughface, nodding his head to right and left.
2: That's Tom Johnson. He's dying of cancer, and the doctor is going to operate later in the day. And this is Jenny Stevens. She was in an accident last night. Poor thing. You'd better be very quiet. They're very sick.
0: Jake with me. Soon, Jack cures the cancer patient, the crash victim, and causes the doctor's body to regress to being 40 years younger. The doctor realizes this may have something to do with his surgery process, but even more so to a process called mitogenetics. The explanation of mitogenetics is that in an onion field, only onions grow. The onions communicate through mitogenesis and kill out weeds and heal each other. Some professors then whisk Doughface Jack off to New York to study him. The small town doc is worried because not everyone is an onion. And true enough, after venturing out on his own, Doughface Jack discovers that not only can he heal, but when he is frightened, he can also kill. When Jack meets up with a vindictive, formerly blind beggar woman, His troubles begin. She seems to want to use Jack to get back at those that mistreated her. Soon, Jack and the Witch Woman are on their way to Washington, D.C. to take over the country. It's
2: going to be easy. All you have to do is look and they'll drop. They're after your neck. These men are the government. They're the ones responsible for all the police and soldiers in the country. If it weren't for these men you'll meet in a moment, you wouldn't be worrying the way you are and they'd shoot you on sight, any of them. Don't give them a chance. I'll be right behind you. So don't look back. Uh, you, you think I ought to do this? You, you think I can do it? Do I think you can? Oh, why, I should say so. Nobody had better stand up to you, face Jack. You're through being kicked around and starved and hunted. You're through with haystacks and boxcars forever. You're going to be the greatest man in the world. And the only thing that's stopping you is a few men in the White House. Well, maybe I don't want to be the greatest man. You want me, don't you?
0: challenged Rita.
2: Gosh. Then you want to be the greatest man in
0: the world. Can he be stopped? How do you stop someone with such a strong psychic power? Well, pick up this audiobook and enjoy a great story and find out. Reviewing for SF Site, I'm Guilty Wilson.